what I wanted to do today, I wanted to show you this Dr. Sid video, which I guess I'll show you next week, um, because um, of the, he's one of the three S's, right? Last week I showed you Sigafoos, this week I was going to show you Sid, uh, and next week I was going to show you Santo, although it'll have to be pushed back, so next week it'll be Sid, and the week after it'll be Santo. Um, and those are the three S's, and if someone happens to have any uh, videos of Dr. Satili, he was with one of the S's also, I have no Bob Satili videos, not Dean, his son, uh, but Bob Satili videos. I would love to show you guys uh, Bob Satili too, but uh, I don't have any videos of him uh, as of yet. But what I wanted to do today is I wanted to talk to you about something that happened yesterday that I thought was, was very profound um, in its simplicity, but it really, it really affected me, and I wanted to talk to you guys about it because it's something that, that comes up quite a bit in practice, uh, and it, was, it really hit home uh, when I was examining this one, uh, yep, God bless you, this one boy who was having some uh, GI issues. Uh, and I'm examining this boy with GI issues, and his parents were talking to me, and we went through the whole, uh, the whole history about when it started, and he had started having GI issues when he was like six months old, he switched to solid food, and then it got worse, and then it got worse, and worse, and worse, and now he's like five or six years old and has these horrible issues with his stomach. Um, and they tried this and this and this and this and this medicine and this medicine and this medicine and this medicine, and nothing's worked. So finally, they are seeking a chiropractor, uh, neither one of which the parents have ever really experienced chiropractic before. But they heard about us through someone, and they referred. Um, so we go through the history. And the reason I think it, uh, this is so important is a couple of factors. Is Number one, we go through the history, and we start all the way at pregnancy. Right? So you may say, well, the kid's six. Why talk about pregnancy? Because that's where it all begins, right? Everything begins at the beginning. So don't just go with the, and the reason you want to do this is because you want to illustrate to the patient how long the problem's been going on, right? You want to drill it home. So even with someone with back pain, as boring as back pain is, you don't want to have them say, when did the back pain start? Oh, two weeks ago. No, no, in your head you have to say, no, wrong, you're not telling the truth. When did it really start? I always say, when did it really start? Oh, it really started two weeks ago. No, like, okay, did you play sports in high school? Well, yeah. Do you have any injuries back then? Oh, well, of course. I said, did you have any pain with that? Well, yeah, a little bit, yeah, but it was not, not big. It wasn't big. I was never hospitalized or anything. That's what I always get. Like, well, then we're not talking about hospitalization. We're just talking about when did it start, right? So you always want to go back as far as you can. So we start with pregnancy, and then we do birth. Tell us about the birth. What's going on with the birth? And then we talk about the first year. What happened in the first year? So with every kid, we always go back to the beginning because that's how we figure, that's how we, number one, figure out what's really going on, number one. And number two is how we assess, how we make them assess how long this problem has been brewing, right? So it's, it's not a recent thing. It's not just a year thing. This has been like a whole lifetime kind of thing. So that's the first profound thing that I thought about as I was talking about this. But the second profound thing was this. So I went through the, the history all the way back and all the way through, through what's going on today. And then we went through the exam. And for me, my exam is not just the spinal exam. I'm always doing neurological stuff. Right? We're always checking print reflexes, different neurological things, because I want to see what's happening in their little brains. Because as the brain, so, grows, so goes the body. Right? So this kid's got all kinds of stuff going on. Uh, and I'm talking to him about this and showing the immaturity of the brain. And if the brain's immature, then it's not going to be able to process things the way it's supposed to. A, a, a child is supposed to go to the bathroom normally. A child is supposed to eat normally. A child is supposed to poop normally. It's, this is all supposed to work, right? This shouldn't be too, this is basic stuff. It's like breathing. You're supposed to breathe in, out. You're supposed to eat in, out, right? 
So if it's not going in, out, in some direction, something's wrong, right? And they really need to get that, that, that if this is a simple thing that's, that's, that's creating a problem, that actually shows how big something is, you know? It's not like a little, this is a big something if a simple thing is not working. But the profound thing was this. He asked me at the end, at the whole thing, and we talked to him, and I said, okay, I'll see you guys on Friday, and we'll get started with the adjustments, because I never adjust in the first visit. I find that to be something that does not work well. Um, so I said, I'll see you guys on Friday, and the, the, one of the parents asked me, so, Doc, before you leave, have you seen this before? Yeah, all the time, like, all the time. What, is this going to help my kid? <coughs> right? And that's a valid question, right? Is it going to help my kid? Like my kid. You talk about all the others and da da da, statistics and da da da, and blah, blah, yeah, 26 years. Okay, I get that. But is it going to help my kid? What's my answer? My honest, the honest answer. I have no idea. I, I cannot. Now, I, I'm going to tell him we have seen this dozens and dozens of times. You know, uh, so I, I'm very confident in what we're going to do is going to make a change. However, is it going to help your kid? I don't know. And then he's like, well, what what's the time frame we're talking about? Right? What's the time frame we're talking about? What's my answer? Uh, I don't know. I, I, and I said, I don't like being vague. But it's the truth. I don't know. I can't give you a time frame. Right? And here's the reason why. And I'm going to ask you guys this question. Does chiropractic work 100% of the time? Yes, it does. Yes, it does. It works 100% of the time. Nerve interference is removed, so it works. Now, does it remove the symptoms that you want it to remove in the time frame you want it to be removed? Is, that's the next question. That is not necessarily so. You get what I'm saying, the difference? Right? Does chiropractic work 100% of the time? Yes, if you're a, a halfway decent chiropractor, you can, you can remove a subluxation and prove to me that that subluxation is removed, then yes, you did the job you're supposed to do. But then there's this variable called them right, and their body. God bless you. And that's a variable because some kids I will adjust and they will get results like this. Like I've literally adjusted, I'll never forget this, and I'm, you may have heard this story before. I'm fond of saying it. But this little boy comes in, horrible colic, kids crying, 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 like just constantly crying. He just cries 24 hours a day unless he's sleeping, he's crying. All the time, crying, crying, crying. All I, I, I mean, really, I just, I couldn't even tell how cute he was because all I saw him was this. You know, like that was, you just saw his mouth. It was just crying, 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 crying. So the whole exam he cried, the whole report of findings he cried, his first adjustment, he's crying during the first adjustment because there's no stopping this kid. There's no, remember I talked about like, I don't adjust a crying baby. Well, this kid just, there was no, there's no not crying. He was, he was just, even eating, he'd be like sobbing. So I adjusted him, I put my fingers on him. His, his atlas, like we talked about this week, was a sustained contact. I adjusted his atlas and then I worked on his cranium. And as soon as I took my hands off his cranium, he was like this, like, ah, ah. And for a second, we, the, me and the parents were a little concerned, and the intern that was sitting in the room were like, is he okay? Because it literally, as if someone went like this, like pushed a pause button. He just stopped, boof. And then he just starts looking around. And now I'm looking, I'm saying, gosh, this kid's actually really cute, right? Because before that, all I saw was his like, uvula, right? I didn't really see the rest of him. <laughs> But now, now I can see that he's actually a really cute little boy. And uh, from that point on, he had no more colic. One adjustment at that moment changed it. But is that the typical norm? No, no. He's like a 10-year-old hockey player now. But at that point in time, you never would have predicted how healthy, happy, strong, and amazing this kid is 
if you didn't know him, if you knew him then, right? But that's, that's one possibility. But there's other possibilities where I've had adjusted kids for months and haven't seen a whole lot of change, and the parents are like, well, what's, what's, what's going on here? Why isn't this changing? I'm like, everybody has their own time, right? And sometimes it's just like a few more adjustments, and now all of a sudden it starts to kick in, right? So we can't say, I, like, never give someone a time. Never say, it's good. especially the more serious the case, the less likely you can give them a time, you know? Okay, I bring my autistic kid. When am I gonna see some improvement? I have no idea, right? What improvement I gonna see? It's me. Is my kid, like we have an autistic, a lot of autistic kids who don't talk. Is he, is he or she gonna talk? Like, uh, I don't have a magician's crystal ball for me to predict in any way, shape, or form, right? But it's a profound question, because it's a personal question. If you really think about it, they're like, are you gonna help my kid? And the answer I give is the answer that I often think about in my head from Reggie Gold, who I'll show you Reggie Gold uh, in a couple of weeks. Um, Reggie Gold uh, would say, you're far better off without a subluxation than you are with one. You're far better off without a subluxation than you are with one. Now, what can we say that my removing that subluxation is gonna help that child's colic, that child's ear infections, that child's autism, that adult's back pain? Can you say any of that with any certainty? If I, even, let's just say this, the simplest case, someone comes in with back pain, can you say, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna fix your back pain. Can you say that? How would you know? And why is it that some people, you will adjust them and in one visit their back pain goes away, and some people adjust them and the back pain never goes away. Why is that? It's because it depends on the body, right? That's the variable. Chiropractic is not the variable, right? My adjustment is the same basic adjustment whether I give it to adult, a kid, whatever. The life force is going in, right? I am adjusting, removing interference, removing subluxation, the life force is flowing. That I know I can guarantee that I'm doing on every visit. What that person does with it is up to them, not up to you, right? So the reason I'm telling you this is that sometimes, especially I talk to you guys about your clinical patients, and sometimes you get really frustrated. Like, I've adjusted this person like a couple of visits, and they're not changing, and I'm really frustrated. I'm like, you can't base your success on their symptoms, right? Because whether or not their particular <coughs> symptom goes away is not the, the, the cause, is not the thing that you're doing. That's not why you're doing what you're doing. For instance, I have one patient, as an example, who I love talking about. I see her all the time. I've seen her like at least once a week, maybe twice a month, since the, almost the first start of my practice back in 2001. And she is an amazing lady, and she came in with back pain, and she still has back pain. Now, it's not as bad, it's not as often, it's not as frequent, but she still has got a lot of back pain. Why does she keep on coming in? Because that's not why she came in, right? That's, the, that's what brought her to my office. Do you understand the difference? What brought her into my office, what may bring someone into your offices, into your peak office, in your clinic, wherever you end up being, might be some pain or symptom or whatever, but that's not why they're really there. They're really there for you to help shift their life. So, so when you ask them in the clinic the question, how do you feel on a scale of one to 10? It is like the most vomit-inducing question to me because that has nothing to do with anything. But you have to do it. It's a CCU rule, and see, that's, that's, what, that's what it is, and so you play the game, right? Nod your head, yes, how do you feel, one to 10? 
right? But understand that's not chiropractic. But many of you start thinking that way because you ask it so many times. You know, you're adjusting so many people with that stupid question in your head with everything. How do you feel your shoulder? How do you feel your wrist? How do you feel your back? How do you feel this? Right? So you start thinking this is what chiropractic is. And then you go into your clinic or, or your peak offices or your associateships and you start saying, how are you feeling? How are you feeling? How are you feeling? And I'm like, this is not a question we ask here. Right? I'm always telling the interns, we do not talk about pain. That is not our primary focus. You don't look at someone, shake their hand, and say, how are you feeling today? Right? That's not the question. I'm uninterested. Right? It's not that I don't care if they're hurting or not. It's just not my primary interest because my interest is changing their life, not changing their pain or their symptom. And trust me, if they have a problem, they're going to tell you. It still hurts here. Right? I didn't have to ask them. I didn't have to say a thing. I could say, hey, how are you doing? Still hurts here. Right? They're already right on it. You don't have to worry about jumping on a pain scale. Right? You don't have to worry about QVAS and that kind of stuff. You may do it because it's a good idea to do it if you have a PI case or you have an insurance thing. But in my practice, there's no, I have hardly any insurance. Right? So of all the people that I see, I have maybe half a dozen PI cases, which are ca patients who've gotten into car accidents, and a few people who have just outrageously good insurance. But for 95% of my practice, it's all cash. So if it's all cash, I've got to report to anybody. Now, I still take really good notes, but it ain't no QVAS, it ain't no numeric, tell me how you're feeling kind of stuff. I just don't play that game. Because I want pure chiropractic delivered in my office, and chiropractic isn't about how you're feeling. It's not about symptom, symptom removal. Right? That's why chiropractic has dug itself in such a big hole to begin with. Because we put ourselves in it as I am some doctor of symptom removal. Right? But I'm not a symptom remover. I can't remove a symptom. What happens if that back pain is because of cancer? Are you going to remove that symptom? No. Right? So, so you don't know that. So don't ever promise someone that you're a back pain fixer upper, I'll fix that headache, all that kind of stuff. That is not what you're, you're there for. You're there to remove subluxations, help them shift their life, help them put in a new pattern, right? Install a new pattern. Here's their old pattern, here's your new pattern, that's where we're headed. Hopefully during that time, it'd be lovely for change, symptoms to change. That'd be nice, but that's not my goal. My goal isn't, like, I, when you write down your goals, my goal isn't, I want their pain to be better. From a 10 to a, a 5, um, there's no, nothing like that, right? It's all about improvement in their life. I want their life to be better, right? And that's what Dr. Sid would always talk about, which is kind of why I wanted to show you this, is he would always talk about, it's, it's not about the symptoms, it's about their life. <clears throat>